You're listening to Talking Pool with Brian Mitchell of FX Billiards. You can also find our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash FX Billiards. So anyway, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about pool cues because I get a lot of I get a lot of questions about about pool cues about um, what everybody's using, what kind of tips they're using, and um, carbon fiber versus wood. And Jim, you're the you're the only one that's you're still using a wooden cue, right? That is correct. Okay, I know at one point you were kind of shopping around. You were looking at. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still on the market right now. I um, I've looked around. I haven't used the the Muchi that um, Chuck has, but I've I've used pretty much all not all the other ones, but you know the the major carbon fibers. But right now I'm a Q Tech guy. Mm-hmm. The synergy, synergy, the synergy right right out of the box. You know, um, the guy that does my tips, he he has a you know pretty much a shop in his house. He's got an eight foot table and and he let me demo it and he goes, you know, it might take you a while to get used to, you know, some people never get used to it. Some people it takes a week, a month. And I'll tell you right out of the, right out of the, the box. I was. Feels good. Don't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I, um, it's probably Mucci. I think I, I'm pretty, I haven't really, one of the last things they're not really too much different. I mean, they're pretty much uh, the same material and everything. So. And I never thought I would ever use carbon fiber. You know, um, if you watch my channel, you know, I, I tested out the, the Revo for two hours and just kind of, it was like going into a movie that you expect to hate. You know, I didn't give it any, like, ah, yeah, 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 okay, it, it is what it is. And and then I did a negative review and, oh, my God, people lost their mind. It was a player. It was my very first cue I had. Uh, you know, I was young, so I, you know, when I needed money, I sold it. But I stuck with players for a while. Then I... uh uh, I got Lukashi. I had that for a few years. Uh, I, I love that cue also. And then I started with Q-Tech, uh, that, that True Glide uh, shaft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a 13 millimeter, so it was a pretty fat shaft, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I still played good with it. And I had a, a friend of mine, uh, uh, you know, loaned me his uh, Miyuchi for a while uh, with a black dot shaft. Okay. I played with that for a while, and when I uh, gave it back to him, I, I couldn't play with the Q-Tech. It just, I just couldn't. A totally different feel, hit. It, it felt like I was shooting with a brick in my hands with, I, with yeah. the Q-Tech. So I, I saved up, and I got me that Muchi I got now. Um, but I played with a butt dog shaft and, uh, for a while, and then uh, uh, yeah, I saw your video about the uh, – the the first one of course the review that she didn't like yeah uh, uh, but then the second one yeah we were talking about uh, you know the really you need it more if you apply a lot of English mm-hmm. a lot of size fan or and then that night just kind of sold me on it and uh, so I buckled down and I got one uh, made the wife a little mad at me though but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, said, is it worth it she says it magically gonna make balls for you. <laughs> I said, if it's, is it worth it to you or is it worth it to me? <laughs> I think the selling point. She's very, she's very, she's very supportive though. So I'm lucky. Yeah. yeah. I think the selling point, the number one selling point is that they're going to last. You know, you're not going to feel like you're, you want to replace your, your, your shaft. Yeah. 
So the carbon fiber we, we know is going to last longer, no matter how how much we we abuse it. But um, so and Jim, you're using you're using a three fourteen now. I am. Okay. It's a yeah. Predator Icon, and I'm with three fourteen chef. Yeah, I've with had a. Um, uh, I have it right here with the Kamui brown. The only reason I the tan is because my table's tan, and it was. The, the black was putting black streaks in my, oh, really? in my felt. Yeah, I never thought. I like the, I like the brown original. I, I, I used to get that one all the time, soft. Yeah, that brings up another point because I get a lot of questions about, um, about tips. And, you know, I answered this my, thing. My, What's my that? opinion is if, if you can screw on or slide on your tip, it's not a good tip. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. I mean, it, it may work uh, for you to hit ball for like a beginner, but if you're putting any kind of English on it, you need. I mean, you can get you a good tip for ten bucks. I, I mean, know, and that's that's the argument that I always make. I'm like, the worst tip is fifty cents, and the best tip is twenty dollars. Twenty dollars spread out over this this six to twelve months that you're probably going to use that tip. It's crazy to 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 try to be cheap about it. So um, I, I tell people the same thing. I, I say, you know, a tip, a, you know, it really depends. When you, once you spend over $10 on a tip, it's probably a decent tip. And then it becomes a matter of preference, but you know, everybody loves. Well, before the, before the Kamui, I played with an Elf Master mm -hmm. uh, and it was like six bucks for them to put it on everything. But it was beautiful, man. It was the softest tip you could get. But the problem with that is it mushroomed out a lot. You had to shave yeah. it and and, and yeah. keep it maintained a lot. And you had went through them pretty quick because of that. Yeah. And that's but why I said once you get over ten dollars. <laughs> Six dollars. <laughs> Six dollars in mushrooms. Ten dollars. Still good it was still a good tip. You just had to, you know, as long as you took care of it and, and yeah. shaped it up. Like I said, you went through them often. So Yeah. But then I didn't change until I went to Kamui. I was I was using Mori tips for a long time. Um, I always got Mori medium, and I don't know why I was using them, but I know why I was using medium because I was putting in so many reps that they they just lasted longer. But um, Jim, do you use a soft tip or um, I use a, I have a medium, a clear medium right now. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I may change to a, a soft, but I don't know. I just like the feel of a medium. But the the synergy I tried has a soft tip yeah. on it. And I really like the feel of it. So we'll see. Yeah, the well, soft the super soft the super soft I think just was a little bit too just a hair bit too soft. So I should yeah, I soft think I could go super soft. Yeah. The the I read somewhere, I think it was on one of the sites, it was either on Q Tech or, or Predator, um, where they were suggesting the soft tip for the carbon fiber because the carbon fiber was so stiff that the soft yeah. tip kind of um, offset, offset that. So I got Kamui black on all my cues and um, you know, took them in. I had, I had, I think three different shafts done, which was probably a bad idea because two of those three, I'm probably not going to use in the next six months and the tip will get dried up and I end up replacing them again. And, and yeah, but <clears throat> I'm about due for another one here. It's about time. Yeah. Well, now, there was one thing I want to say to the viewers was uh, uh, a lot of times when you uh, uh, 
or a beginner and you uh, even if you're in leagues tournaments and you want to get better and you start going through these changes of learning different things your game is going to suffer but you have to fight through that because a lot of people will get to that point and they they start losing or or they things ain't working out and they'll quit if you fight through it you know you eventually your training will kick in right you'll you'll start you you won't have to think about oh i gotta stand like this so i gotta hold my stick like this you just get in there and you just naturally do it it's second nature to you then but keep your practice practice room only say you know because when you're in a match just play your game yeah practice should be in the practice room but you know like you said you know how i practice i practice like i'm in a match right <laughs> that's why it looks so I keep my patterns so tight because, you know, to me, I'm playing Shane Van Boning while I'm practicing. I don't care who or, or what. If I'm at a, if I'm in a match, you know, they're Shane Van Boning to me. You know, I'm, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I play just so hard no matter who I'm playing. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because I, you know, I give virtual lessons online to guys. We do it on Zoom. And um, I had a guy that – you know, is really learning a lot of stuff and, and, and is basically on what you were, you were just saying. I mean, he was, he's an APA um, three and uh, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, this is great. And this is great. And this is great. And then the week after his first lesson with me, he goes and he loses his match. And he said his, um, he said his coach was teasing him. Well, you got to better go back to Brian and, and get some more lessons. And, um, and I told him, I said, you know, what we, what we learn, what I teach you doesn't translate to a match the next week, because I don't want to be in your head. I don't want you worrying about your stance and your stroke and your eye pattern and stuff like that during your match. So he kind of got away from it. I said, those are two different things. You have to develop that, that, um, that muscle memory on your own, on the practice table. You shouldn't be thinking about it in your match. And, um, so the well, next I'm talking about my, I'm talking about my, well, my own experience also. You know, I went through a whole probably a year period where I was just getting my my butt kicked because I couldn't figure out why because my, I just realized later on my game was changing. Yeah. And when uh, after the change took over, you know, I, I jumped up a whole big level. Uh, but you got to get to that change. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously not going to happen overnight. We wish it would, but. Like you said, Brian, you're, you're going through some things. It's going to take – it's a transition period. You know, you're going from, you know, where you're at now to where you want to be. And that – you know, if it was a, a two-day thing, we'd all do it. But. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's the cool well, thing about being a beginner. If you're a beginner and, you know, I, I try to give guys a gauge to, you know, a way to, to reference their growth. But, yeah, it's, it's, when you're a beginner, you can – you know, a guy can watch your video, Jim, and at the end of the video, just based off of a couple different tips or watching Chuck run patterns, just based on that, a beginner can go from here to here. Oh, yeah. But, um, and, and, but when you get, you know, when you get to this, this, this higher level, going from here to here even is tough. I mean, it's it, oh, yeah. because you, you just, you can't just fix something overnight. And, Love is mental. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and then and it's um so I, I I think that especially with beginners, if they start looking at 
some of the simple things like when we're teaching them patterns and um, you know, just different shots. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people I run into that. First off, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of APA fours and I know some fives that can't draw the cue ball back, you know, four feet. Um, but you just get a draw shot in your game and, and you can improve 20%, 25%. I mean, just, just I was, I was just on a, I was part of a, not part of, I was watching a webinar tonight. I won't mention who, what, where, how, but uh, one of the Q and A's um, was how do you, how do you perform a stop shot? You know, and this was a pretty, pretty high level uh, webinar. And yeah. some of the viewers were, were stating, how do you, you know, how do you perform a stop shot? You know, we just take that for granted. Yeah. And because there's shots you don't know. Also, as, as an advanced player, sometimes there's shots you don't know you don't have. And, you know, I was, I was playing very well, you know, gambling and everything. And um, had a, a session with Mike Massey. And he had me shoot a, um, basically a force follow shot. And now, I mean, this is going back, you know, more than 10 years ago, but he had me shoot a force follow shot and I didn't have it in my game. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I've been going through life without this one shot. And it didn't occur to me that I needed, because how often do you shoot a force follow really, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, but it's, it's like a guy that, um, that plays in the NBA and he doesn't have a, a, an 18 foot jump shot, but he, he makes it, he does a good job, everything else. And that's what I was doing. I was compensating somehow, but. Well, because like you said, he doesn't need the 18 foot jumper. He can go in and do anything else. You didn't exactly. need the force follow. You could do everything else. Right. But it's just amazing how many people don't have a shot. Like you were talking about the, the stop shot. And um, one of my early videos was on how to do a stop shot. And it got a, a, a gazillion views. And I was shocked. I'm like, I was just doing it because I thought, you know, maybe a couple people could get something out of it. But, um, you know, a good video idea um, for any of us, actually, maybe we'll all run and do it after this. But a good video idea is how to shoot the long stop shot. Because even people that can shoot the 12-inch stop shot can't shoot the 32-inch the stop shot because they think the cue ball is going to slide across the table magically and, and stop well, for them. I'll tell you something interesting. Uh, two people were talking about it. One of them was a professional. The other is not. And they were demonstrating the stop shot after this question. And the, the non-professional said that he saw Shane Van Boning shooting the same shot, the long stop shot, and he could not do it except three out of ten times. Shane, the best, right. arguably the best in the world. Yeah. Double three out of uh, seven out of 10 times stopping it. Yeah. And because he, he found a way around it probably yeah. didn't occur to Shane that he couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, um, I was watching a match and, you know, I, I always encourage people and, and I'm glad the three of us kind of have the same attitude towards, um, towards trick shots. You know, we don't, we don't spend our entire lives trying to do trick shots, but occasionally we, we will throw one, one in there, uh, which I, 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 you know, I think is a great idea. But I always encourage people not to do trick shots. You know, beginners, intermediate players, don't spend your time doing trick shots. It took us you know, a, a long time to, 
to learn these shots. Sometimes it takes a long time to perform, you know. Um, there's guys that are the greatest trick shot shooters in the world and they'll put out a, a five minute video that took them literally five weeks to pull off. And, and people don't get it, you see the end product, but I don't have five weeks to do this. And, and, um, but there are there's certain trick shots that all of us do. And we take it for granted because we've been doing it for, for years. And we don't even think of them as trick shots. But I saw a match where the, even the commentators were like, well, he needs to do that trick shot where you shoot it off the, the rail and you jump over the ball. And, and I don't know how to describe it, but the, the, the ball, the cue ball was, was relatively close to the rail, say um, four inches or so. And the ball that he had to hit was on the other side of another ball. So basically what he needed to do was shoot it off the, off the rail and pop it up over. Was it Mika Eminem? What's that? Was it Mika Eminem? It might was have been Mika. Mika. Yeah, because it's it was somebody that, it's somebody that should have known the shot. And, and that's when it occurred to me, you know, I'm telling people well, yeah. to do trick shots, but certain trick shots will save your, your entire match. You know, if you if you can pull them off, and that was one of those. It's not a hard shot at all. Well, my problem with trick shots and trick shot videos is um, a lot of the lower players think that you every shot should be a trick shot. <laughs> oh, you got to be able to come off five rails, make you know ten balls in one shot. <laughs> you know, unless, you know, if you can't do that, you're not no good. So, I think they hurt the game a little bit. I mean, they're well, fun and nice to watch. Well, they but, see our videos and they think it took us one try. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll eventually, I'll eventually post that one for the. Like I said, I, I had one I posted for, and it was all Jim's fault. It's four, <laughs> it's four a.m., and I'm watching his channel, and he's like, "Big time, we're gonna do a trick shot." That. Anyway. <laughs> and he does, he does a trick shot, and I'm like, "Well, I, I said, okay, <laughs> here I am. I've got nothing to do. I'm sitting watching YouTube." And so I do this, I make up a trick shot. It takes me, I think, 20 tries to pull it off. And it was some moving target thing. I, I put a ball sitting in the pocket and then I, I threw two of them around off of three rails. And then I had to hit each one individually to come back around and try to make the two balls and leave the cue ball on the table. So I'm, I'm trying to make two balls and two balls are moving. <laughs> at the same time and i'm going off of three rails and and after about the 10th try i said what am i, am I is this even possible but yeah beginners like chuck said beginners and intermediate players that are running around trying to do a trick shot that they saw on somebody's channel that's that's practice time mm -hmm. that you should be learning how to run racks you know or how about how about this have you ever made a trick shot you're just trying to get warmed up, do it perfectly, and it takes you 20 more tries to get it again on, on camera? The part of YouTube that nobody sees is when you do something great. You're playing against the ghost, because I had this happen to me just two weeks ago. I'm playing against the ghost. I'm running, making a 10-ball video. I run three racks in a row, break and run. I don't even take ball in hand. It's like everything is just falling into place and I go over and I look at my camera oh camera wasn't running <laughs> but yeah they, people don't see that on on YouTube is all the videos that you know the camera wasn't running the sound was messed up or you know so I um 
I thought at one time I would always have two cameras going at the same time just in case that happened, but I haven't done it. On average, say you rack up 10 games of nine ball, how many of those games would be a break and run? I'm at, I'm at four. They might not be consistent like yeah. in a pack, but I'm four out of 10. And, I, and I'll tell you what, if you're doing, if you're breaking and running 20% of the time, you're in the top 5% of amateurs. Oh, for sure. Because a lot of guys, you know, I, I reference, I don't know if I even put the video out yet because I got a couple on my computer that I haven't put out yet. But um, I, I reference the golf analogy um, that uh, this guy that wrote the book, um, Zen Golf, which is a great book, by the way, for pool players, for everybody. Um, but in Zen Golf, he talks about how less than 5% of players ever play, you know, um, play par, play at par or, or better. And um, I would say that the odds are, are the same with, with amateur um, pool players. Mo most guys go there, you know, my cousin who's been playing for 30 years, been playing eight ball for 30 years, called me very excited because he, he ran a rack of, of um, eight ball. And I, I said, well, I kind of do that every day. <laughs> he said, I never did it before. And I was like, I don't remember you ever doing it before. I guess you haven't, you know, but you, you forget that there's a lot of people that, that never, that never have. So, um, yeah, but what's, how much time does he put a day or a week into the game? You know, he's oh. been playing for 30 years, but is yeah. it a Saturday night at, you know, wherever? Well, he's got a table, but he doesn't put in the kind of time, you know, that we would. Brian, what do you think your your best – no, let me rephrase that. What is your favorite game? Not your best, your favorite game. My, my favorite game is straight pool. That's, that's my favorite game. There just ain't enough players that play that around here. Yeah. I've never even played a pool match of that. I've had a guy teach me a little bit, but – uh, that's just not enough players. It's kind of like one pocket. You know, if you want to go into a pool hall and want to play one one pocket, you can't really hardly find nobody. But it's a spot called Royal Billiards here, and everybody in there is an old school player. And I can't get anybody to play eight ball or nine ball with me in this place because they want to play one pocket and they want to play straight pool. And I grew up I'd playing. Love, I'd, I'd love it there. Yeah, I I I grew up playing straight pool. And um, so I was very excited to, you know, I mean, it's been years since I, I've been going there for a long time now, but um, I grew up playing straight pool, watching Moscone and, and, and all of those guys. And I just, um, I just love it. It's not my best game though. It's not my best game because I don't play, um, I don't play good straight pool safes and I don't play good straight pool strategy. And my yeah. weakest because in straight, you know, in nine ball, you play a safe. It's one ball you play safe against. Exactly. Straight pool, you're playing safe against all of the balls. Yeah. Kind of like eight ball. Yeah, it's hard to play safe in eight ball a lot of times because there's just so many balls. I mean, you have to freeze them on the backside of a ball away from their, you know, away yeah. from all their balls. Uh, but I, one pocket I'd say was my favorite uh, strategy-wise and everything. Uh, I mean, you can't get no more closer to chess than a game of one pocket. Yeah, and one pocket gives me a headache. They <laughs> they play one pocket at this pool hall, and between remembering that I'm getting in position for this one pocket, and also remembering that I'm playing safe so that he can't make a shot 
in case I missed this shot. Oh man, just a couple of money game. It, I, I, I get a headache. The secret, the secret, always try to put the cue ball back in the stack if you're not running out. Hmm. You got the stack there; it's the best place to get the cue ball at. Yeah. Even if they got a ball in their pocket and you're shooting towards your pocket, you know if you can put the cue ball on the back side of the stack, you know they have to kick to whatever. Yeah. Um, my video on one pocket, it really didn't do me justice because I'm, I'm better a better player than that, but I'm playing by myself. Like like I said, I, I forget what pocket I'm shooting at sometimes, you know. Right. I'm eight ball all the way. Yeah. I, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your favorite and your best? Favorite and my best. Yeah. No, I love it. I'm just saying, I, I just, it's, it's my weakest. I, I said this on a podcast before. It's my weakest game. I'm not saying I'm not good at it. I'm not saying, you know, but I know me as a player, you know, I'm not going to play as well as the other games. Right. I, I like it because, I mean, it, it's a thinking man's game. You know, you see your patterns run out. Now, you see your patterns in nine ball, but they're written for you. You know, one to the two, two to the three, three to the four. Eight ball, there's different options to get on different balls and things like that. So it's a really, you know, you want to talk about a chess game. It's not as much as a straight pool or anything like, or one pocket or something, but you know, it, it is a thinking man's game. In yeah, my, it gets, it gets challenging. I mean, my problem, one, my problem is there's always one, one or two balls or you, you just don't, can't get to no matter what you do. I'm talking about, you know, it's got five other balls like tied up there and you just can't get to it, man. And, and, you know, if you can't break it out while you're running, then, you know, you're stuck. You know, that's there. another thing about this game. You know, your rear end's in a chair. There's not much you can do. You know, it's it's different than a lot of games. You know, you can name any game out there. You have a, a stake in it. But, you know, pool, billiards, you, you, your butt's in the chair. You just watch. And that's because we're playing really good players. You yeah. know, if you're, if you're playing – I was joking. Um, I, I I had a list. I always make these lists. I had a list how to how to find the weak players in the pool hall without watching them play. <laughs> and, uh, and so one of them was if guys are calling out balls by color, red ball in the corner. You don't even have to see them. You know, guys that don't know the three is red, and you know. Um, so that was that was one way. But guys that you talk about sitting in the chair. Guys that, especially college guys, you see this a lot with college guys, they don't bother to sit down. <laughs> so when they miss, they stand there right next to the table because their friends have never made two balls in a row. So, so why, go, why go and sit down? You can tell a guy has been playing with skilled players and he misses, he yeah. goes and sits down. No, what do you guys think is worse? Showing up and never getting to shoot and lose or showing up and you got your chance and you lost, you know, what, what makes you feel the worst? Well, like I said, if somebody keeping me in my chair, I, I actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to, to watch, you know, a great player. I mean, I, 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 I usually I take it like this. I, I do people like that all the time myself. So when it happens to me, you're going to have to have, you know, you'll be able to, have to handle that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen to you. You're going to get your butt kicked every once in a while. It's inevitable. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I show up and Shane runs, you know, runs, runs me all night and I don't move. Okay. But if I'm playing Chuck 
And he starts doing that. We're going in the bathroom. We're going to have a conversation. <laughs> um, you know, I used to be like that. I used to get really upset because, you know, I'm trying to, to show people I got to, you, know, you know, something to prove. Mm-hmm. And when I got beat, you know, I used to throw a little hissy fit, you know, throw my cage down and stuff. But, you know, I watched a, a match between uh, Efren Reyes and uh, um, Johnny Archer. Yeah. It was where uh, uh, Johnny lost a leg, and he's sitting there for about three or four rags while Efren runs these racks on him. And uh, Johnny's just sitting there. And then Johnny, he, he finally misses, I think, after the third game. Uh, then Johnny comes back and puts, like, three or four games together. And then finally he misses. And then Efren gets up and uh, I think finishes out the rack. But, you know, I, I got to thinking – you know, Johnny's sitting there. He's he just lost a leg, and you know, he's down three uh, zero just for losing a leg. You know, and you can't, you know, play a good game when you you're sure turning the table unless you stay calm. Right. So after that, I I started calming myself down uh, because even if you're in a hole, uh, say you're you know, you know, three nil down or race to five, you could still come back up as long as you keep your composure. Yeah. So, and then, then, you know, I didn't have no coaches growing up. I had videos and watching the older people that played. So, uh, uh, so most of, most of what I'm self-taught, uh, I had a buddy of mine, he taught me, uh, English and, uh, bang time. I talked to him the other day. He's kind of a crazy guy, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but basically all he taught me was English top, bottom, left, right, you know, where to hit mm-hmm. the ball. How, and bad, I, how bad did you beat him? Uh, we actually did pretty good. Uh, uh, like I said, he's probably like a low B player. He's not no, you know, uh, he's not anything. To, hey, it's not that he he knows that he's not doing this, that, and the other right, but he just don't care to make it better. It's always very interesting when you when you pass the teacher. You know, that's that's a that's a great moment. Oh, he brought hey, I taught him how to play. <laughs> we're going to the pool hall. We're playing. Like, yeah, I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> yeah, Jim, did you have like any um, uh, organized lessons or anything like that, or just kind of never? Yeah, you know, I've had some. Uh, I want to be general about this. Some older players, you know, when I'm out, uh, especially before I had my table you know, a practice session at, at pool hall, you know, I remember uh, the one time I, I made a bank and this older gentleman walked up to me and he goes, how did you bank that? Like, what did you just see it? And then, then it all started from there, you know, and you know, you get that knowledge from someone else, you know, and that's, that was, that was big. My, my grandmother's friend, his name was Charlie Holland. And um, he had a pool table at his house and he invited me and my cousin to come play. And, um, and he taught us and we were eight or nine years old. And um, I, he, would, he would just take the time to teach us the game. Some of the things he, he taught us were nonsense um, because a lot of old school guys have beliefs that just aren't, that don't make sense. So you, you don't find out until later, you know, 
Charlie told me to do this. I remember one of the things he told me, he said, um, he said, you got to use a lighter cue. You use your heavy cue for nine ball. I'm like, oh, okay. And I <laughs> went a long time trying to figure out why nine ball, I needed a heavier cue. But I'm like, now I look back on it, I'm like, that was nonsense. What was Charlie talking about? But, um, but yeah, I remember, I remember the day that I realized that my cousin, who Charlie was working with at the same time, was still down here and I was up here because I'm also, you know, reading books. I didn't get to practice outside of Charlie's house, but I was reading books and stuff. And then I started playing my cousin with one hand and drove him out of his mind because I would just play with one hand and beat him. But then when I got to Charlie's level and, and you know, I'm now going out on my own and practicing. And I just remember that moment where I'm like, I'm better than Charlie Holland. Mm-hmm. I never understood about leagues. The only thing I'd like to say, ABA, well, you can jump, but you got to use your full, full cue. Now, how is somebody from APA or any other league like that going to become a pro because they can't practice jump shots? They can't practice mass A shots. This um, is, yeah. So how, how when I go to a pro- It is designed for the beginner player. It, it is designed for the low-level player. And it, it can't – APA cannot take you to the next level. You're right because you never shoot a jump shot. You, you don't have an open table after you break. I remember, I remember losing, almost lost a match in APA. On my break, I made four balls on the break. All of them were low balls. Didn't have a shot. Didn't, Didn't have, have a shot. shot. <laughs> Didn't have a shot. And, you know, I was a seven, which is the highest you can get in, in eight ball. And this, this young lady who was, I don't know, she was a three or a four, she wins the game. And I made four on the break because of the tables, you know, and I'm like, I don't have a shot. <laughs> so well, rules I mean, like that are what make the APA, you know. But you, you explained why you can't jump and why you can't masse because it's designed for the beginning player. You don't want a beginning player jumping. jumping. A <laughs> well, that, it was just covered last week. Yeah. But so what, you know, at a certain level, a, a level seven isn't an amateur player. Though. Right. Most, 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 you know, yeah. But what they're going to, you know, they're not going to put different stipulations because you're a 632 or 623 Fargo versus a, you know, 425. Yeah. But they should. I mean, they kind of should. I mean, well, you know, what the, what the APA does have, what the APA does have is a master's division. And in the master's division, you can use your jump cue. You can mass a, you can do, you can do everything in the masters the problem with masters is that only about five percent i actually said this in a video the other day um i don't think i put it out there yet but but only about five percent of apa players are in that seven level and the masters is like where all the sevens go when they get frustrated playing on the the crappy tables with the the crazy handicaps so in the masters you can do everything but the problem is to have a good masters division you got to have a lot of good players. So you need about 25 or 30 decent players in your little community to, to even put together a master's team. And you got to have a good pool hall that's going to let you guys play there. But I did play the masters for, um, I think, about three years in APA where you could do anything you wanted. 
And, um, you know, it was real pool. You played eight ball and nine ball. But, um, yeah, the standard APA is, is designed for – it's designed for the three and the four. You know, just the fact that you're playing on bar boxes neutralizes the skill levels right there. What is your favorite video that you've done for your channel that you would want people to tune in and watch? My eight ball patterns and patterns and run. Because um, I break down the whole rack. I'm explaining you exactly what's in my brain uh, as far as what ball I'm going for, why I'm going for that ball, what I'm doing with the cue ball. Um, and basically, you know, my, my pattern of thought on it. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you try to put people in, instead of just making a ball here and a ball there, thinking about the whole table. You know, let yourself change up if you don't get perfect. But, you know, have you uh, uh, a path and try to execute it. Okay. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think along with Chuck, um, I've made a few of them. I call it a point of view, POV pool. Um, and, you know, that's me, th how I'm thinking. I've done nine ball, eight ball. I think I might have even done ten ball. You know, what I'm thinking of. You know, position playing, I, I, I try to get the English that I'm using as well. I, you know, move my camera and, and things like that and try to get, you know, it would be nice to have a little GoPro, but, you know, not there yet. I know my, <laughs> I know my favorite of yours, Brian. What's that? My video. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It was, it was good. You know, um, I want to touch on the, the GoPro thing. Um, for a moment though you, you mentioned the GoPro one of my my things because I get people in the comments they're like oh can you wear the GoPro and show us where you're hitting the ball and I've got you know e equipment all over the place all kinds of equipment so I do have the GoPro capability um, one of my concerns about the the GoPro is so each of us has a gazillion years and, and gazillion hours um, shooting pool and most of our not all but most of our viewers are intermediate to to lower intermediate I mean we I, I've got some guys that obviously are, are really good players that are, are watching my channel but um, my answer is always the same about the GoPro is if you hit the cue ball where you see me hitting the cue ball forget about it you know you put yeah. let's say an intermediate player is putting the same English that myself or you guys are putting on a particular shot it's not helping them they're not compensating for the um the throw they're not compensating for deflection they're not compensating for curve there's a lot of things that they're not compensating for and that doesn't show up in the gopro shot so if you well, shoot I, I, if I, I tried to uh i tried to make a video of uh of what amateurs should start doing uh, as far as uh, the drawback. Mm -hmm. But my camera angle, I couldn't get it. Uh, so all I got is my phone and, uh, and it's really hard to get a good close up on my, on the ball I'm hitting. I'm using the nine ball. Okay. When you're starting off your drawback, learn how to draw the cue ball back. Uh, of course, you always got to keep your stick level. When you strike the object ball, which is, I'm sorry, would be the, the nine ball, which is, acting as the cue ball, mm -hmm. put the circle up there and hit it just below where the circle, at the bottom of the circle, not all the way down at the bottom of the ball. 
right. where most people start. You just just start like a half a tip, tip below, sorry, half a tip below center. Mm-hmm. Start hitting it there, and just watch you know, and get comfortable doing that, and watching it just stop shot a little bit back, and then you know go a little bit lower the more you get comfortable with it until you know you are hitting it at the bottom. Yeah, and Brian, you you use some extreme. You know, some of your draw shot videos are pretty impressive. So. You have a great draw stroke. Well, thank you. But yeah, if I if I put that on a GoPro, and yeah. you know Joe APA four tries to hit the cue ball there, it's flying off the table. You know. Yeah. So when I when I give lessons, I tell guys all the time, like like Chuck just said, you build up to that that lower shot that that where you're hitting it that low. You have to build up to that. This is a Brian Mitchell production. Hello, this is Steph from FX Billiards. Did you know that you can receive personalised private lessons from Brian Mitchell via Zoom or telephone? Even if you do not have a pool table at home. It's fun, educational and very affordable. You will have full access to Brian during and after your lessons. And you will see your pool game improving immediately. Yes, the very same day. Also, your satisfaction is guaranteed. This is the time to take your game to new highs. This is the time to become an elite player. For more information, visit fxbilliards.com. Act now while slots are still open. And for a limited time, you will receive a discount on a set of three 30-minute private lessons.